I want you to embrace the season. You know, some people, they just kind of throw uh, the resurrection season uh, to the side. It's like we have Easter Sunday and it's gone. I, I don't know. I don't think we can do that, especially this year. I think perhaps this year we may have to do something else. I don't know. Maybe have, have uh, Super Easter uh, after everybody gets back. Uh, all, all kinds of celebrations that we'll have. But, but I believe that we need to also understand that this is an incredibly holy season. And, and, and I, 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 we were talking about bringing it home before uh, last Sunday, bringing the resurrection home. And we talked about out of Romans chapter 8, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is supposed to dwell in us. And as that spirit dwells inside of us, he quickens, he gives life to our mortal bodies. At this particular time, he would like to quicken us. And he, so, so I want us to bring that home specifically in this, this season because it is a holy and it's a supernatural season. I'm, I'm calling you, I'm, I'm asking you to just expect the Holy Spirit to move uh, just greatly in your life, to anticipate him interacting and doing spectacular things. You know, we see Jesus as he goes to the cross and and then we see him rise from the dead and ascend. And so we go through it like it's a story, but it's not just a story. This is supposed to radically transform our life and our commitment. I love hearing the story and understanding the work of the blood of Jesus, of how his hands were pierced and his side was pierced. And, and, and the work of the blood of Jesus, because of his blood, our sin is removed and the enemy is defeated. I don't want you just to know that. I want you to do something about the blood of Jesus. Do something about the, the, the blood and the power and the transformation of Christ. I, I think that we should demonstrate that we are a radical community that loves Jesus and we're unashamed of the gospel of Christ and, and boldly just let the Lord Jesus move in our lives these days. Anybody agree with what I'm saying? It's just that time. It's that time in our lives. And I, and I get it. It's a struggle. I mean, we, everybody's dealing with the struggle in, in one way or another. I wanted to look at 2 Timothy 1 and 7. This scripture has really come alive to me uh, during this season. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's a powerful statement. But I want you just to embrace that for a moment. God has given us a spirit, but it's not a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit, but it is of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, now there's a great religious context uh, to the scripture that often we hold on to, but I want you to hear the power, the practical power. That fear that, that you're dealing with uh, is one thing, but you know, I'm not saying that you should, you should never be concerned or you should not uh, you should not consider what's going on. I'm not, I'm not saying to pretend as if nothing has happened. That's not even what the scripture is saying. He's talking about the spirit of fear. We have received the spirit of Christ, not the spirit of 
fear. And so Christ is inside of me and he wants to quicken my life and give me power. But sometimes we are overwhelmed when it comes to this spirit of fear. And a spirit of fear is something else altogether. It's that constant walking in fear. That's not God's plan. Basically, what he is saying is stop allowing fear to cause you to uh, be frozen in your spiritual life. Get off your backside. Don't live in fear. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And don't allow fear to stop you from being a believer. That last statement is also important. But he's given you a spirit of love and power. But he says, and of a sound mind. And some people just not even thinking at this time, you know. And, and I think we need to know the truth and we need to let the Holy Spirit help us with the truth so we wouldn't just be speculating constantly, wondering. How many know that God has this in his hands? Anybody know that? That God has this totally in his hands. I know uh, sometimes at these moments we're wondering, Holy Spirit, where are you? And I want you to know that he's there. Just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Would you say that again? Welcome, Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Right after the resurrection, everything had changed. Uh, it's strange. People don't know what, didn't know what to think. They're, they're struggling. The reason that they're struggling is because they're dealing with the revelation of Christ. Some of them haven't seen him. So this, on the week after, we want to focus right there in context because everyone was hiding. People were quarantined. And I don't see Jesus rebuking them saying, you need to stop hiding. No, they needed some wisdom. They needed some revelation. In fact, even Jesus, after he raised from the dead, even though he appeared at different places in different homes, he showed up. Uh, he just showed up in their life even before Christ went to the cross. Remember, he didn't go immediately to Jerusalem. He waited until his time had come. And then he received the supper of the Lord. He shared with them that last supper. And then he went to Jerusalem. He died on the, the cross. But then the disciples are struggling. Uh, and Jesus doesn't tell them, you need to just hide right there in your house. He appears and he deals with them. This is not one of those Yay, it's Jesus moments, however, when he appears. Some of those times were incredibly uh, times of discomfort. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the presence of Jesus. But specifically, I want to talk to you about the uncomfortable presence of Jesus. The uncomfortable presence of Jesus. And we'll look at this story in John chapter 20, verse 26. Where the Bible says a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. That particular moment. Let, let me just help you with some application right here. You know God knows where you are right now, right? He knows how you're feeling. He knows what's going on in your head. That's part of that scripture that I shared in 2 Timothy. He, he doesn't want you to have the spirit of fear, but he knows he knows when you're struggling. He knows when you're weary. God's plan is to make things better one way or another. And I know we all love the Spirit of God. We love His presence. Oh, I love when the presence comes, the presence of God. I remember that worship course we used to sing, In the Presence of Jehovah. Remember that? 
in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace. How many know God is the Prince of Peace? You know that? He is the Prince of Peace, but sometimes he will show up in your life and it will be an uncomfortable setting, just a, a struggle. I remember a few years back, a, a sister was telling me about uh, her situation with her family. She had, her, her uh, grandmother had passed and we were all at a funeral and her, uh, she was telling a story about she and her husband that were struggling. You know who you are if you watch it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you were struggling and, 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 and grandma found out about it. Mama found out about it. And rather than just telling you to get better, she just packed her bags and moved into the house with you. I love that. Anybody like that? That'd be kind of cool if people just, you know, we're just going to move in and work through this with you. Well, everybody can't do that, but Jesus moves right into your situation. He just kind of moves right into your house. You know, I sometimes think that most people would prefer to just keep people at the church house rather than at our house. Because we have a little bit of church uh, spiritual OCD. You know, we like things in order. And sometimes when you come into this house, everything is just in order. We got places for everybody. We love kids ministry here, but isn't it cool that you can come here, put your kids upstairs or downstairs or put your babies in the nursery and got our sixth or eighth graders and put the club 68, drop them off and club 68, then you can sit there. So the kids are here, the babies are over there and you don't even have to sit with your spouse. I mean, you get take the job and you can go somewhere else and the worship starts and you can stand up and blend in. You don't have to worship because sister so-and-so can do the worship for you. And after church, when it's all over, you have listened to the word and say, well, that was a good word. I enjoyed that. And then just head on to your house, say bye to the preachers, bye to the singers, all your friends and say bye to Jesus and see y'all next week. You know, (laughs) you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you can just move on, just get on with your life because Jesus sometimes is more comfortable when we leave him at this house rather than bringing him home to our house. You know what I'm talking about? Is this making you a little uncomfortable? That's okay. That's all right. That's the presence of Jesus. All right. I, uh, I remember uh, years ago, uh, we had the, our teenagers used to do this skit called Stay Right Here. And the idea was that there's an individual that's in their home. They hear a knock on the door and they go and unlock the door. And there's Jesus standing right there. And he walks in, sits down. Oh, Jesus, so glad you're here. That nervous sound of their voice. And they sit down and and uh, they get a call, and they're angry at somebody, and they're yelling at somebody on the phone, and Jesus kind of interrupts them and says, well, wait, no, no, you need to forgive them. And, oh, okay, okay, I forgive you. And then, and then one thing after another, they're just walking through their life, and, and Jesus is dealing with their struggles. And then the, the individual says, well, you know, I got an appointment going out with some friends today, and Jesus starts to follow them at the door, and she gets all upset. She grabs Jesus, and just, it's as if she nails him to the cross and says, Jesus, you stay right here and she walks out the door and and the question to us uh, you know is you know are, are we comfortable with Jesus being with us but not really with us you know I can almost see Jesus as you leave the church you know and by his spirit you've been in the presence of the Lord and he's following you out the door and you say no 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 Jesus you stay at the church house. I don't need you to come to my house. 
You know, I got a life outside the church. Don't be messing with my norm. Don't be messing with my relationship. Don't be messing with my money. Don't be messing with my head. You know, I do what I want to do when I'm not here. And, and, and so don't be playing with my addictions. Don't be playing with my enslavements. Don't, don't be messing with that, Jesus. You just stay here because you think sometimes in your life that that Jesus is just just going to leave you alone. But listen, Jesus is not going to make peace with your rebellion. He's going to come and deal with it. Jesus is not going to make peace with those areas that he wants transformation in your life. And he'll leave the house with you. He'll get in your car and drive home with you. He'll go all the way into your life. You know, there's a little part of me as a pastor that's a little glad that people are home right now. I miss you. It's tough for me. Believe me. It's tough. In all of my life, I, I, I'm not accustomed to preaching to a house that's pretty much empty. In the mornings, uh, I come and I walk around this parking lot and look at these spaces. And I go and stand at the front door and look out the door and look at this neighborhood that we've been just drawing and wanting to draw here. And sometimes it's a struggle. But the Lord has reminded me over and over that he has a plan for this particular season, even if you are uncomfortable. He has, he has a part that he is playing right now in your life. He has a purpose for this time. I think we ought to stop and just give thanks that we're at home today. Could you do that? I know you're struggling. I know some of you are just in loneliness, but would you just stop for a moment? Lord, I thank you for this time. It's that 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16. Just be joyful and in everything, give thanks. Lord, we give you thanks. We praise you for your plan. We praise you for what you're doing right now in our lives. Perhaps Jesus has you right where he wants you. He has you right there because things happen in his presence. Life gets real in his presence. The truth of my life is exposed in his presence. Other things that happen in his presence are things like uh, repentance, honesty, confession, uh, peace, and power. And, you know, some of those things like uh, repentance and confession precede the healing. And I know some of you are saying, Lord, I want a miracle in my life right now. We need a miracle in my life. Hear what I'm telling you right now. When I say you need a miracle, you know, we see a lot of miracles, but sometimes we say we want a miracle, but you don't want the struggle before the miracle. If it wasn't for the crisis, you wouldn't have been crying out to God for a miracle. But in those crises, he works all of those things out for his good. He's got a plan for your life. He's doing, doing something in your house right now. He's dealing with your head. He's dealing with your heart. Things are getting real. And even in the nation right now, you know, for a long time, we've known that our world systems are broken. We've known that our nation, though we love the United States, folks, there are things that are busted up. I, I, I'm struggling so much in some of these areas, but it has caused me to pray for individuals. You might say, well, there's certain politicians I don't pray for. We need to pray for all of our government leaders right now that God would give them peace and direction in their life. But for some of them, I want God just to make them uncomfortable. I want that uncomfortable, you know, that presence that Nebuchadnezzar felt when Nebuchadnezzar thought he was all that.
that. And God said, let me show you what you really are. I want him to touch our governors. I want him to touch our mayors. I want him to touch our president. I want him to touch our congressional leaders until they get to the place where they can stand up and they say, you know what we really need is a move of almighty God all across our nations. I want to see leaders get down on their knees and call upon the Lord. See, see, around the world, systems are breaking down. And we get this feeling that we're, we are, we, we had this feeling that we're invulnerable. Remember when you're driving your car down the road and you had, you know, plenty of money and, and everything was just fine. And you thought, you know, if I get sick, I'll just go to the doctor and they'll fix things. Things have changed now. The environment is different than it used to be. People are uncomfortable. You hear what I'm saying? You know, now listen, don't hang up on me right now. Stay right with me. Stay here. I love good news. Man, I, I turned on Christian TV the other day. By the time they were finished, I was depressed. Well, come on, guys. Encourage me. Now, here I am preaching. Some of you are getting a little depressed right now. Well, wait till you hear what I read next because the world is in a broken system. But the Bible's been talking about this for a long time. Anybody looked at what the word of God has to say about these seasons? Like in Isaiah chapter 24, behold, the Lord will empty the earth and make it desolate and he will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. Now look at this next statement. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the slave, so with his master. As with the maid, so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the creditor, so with the debtor. The earth will be empty and plundered, for the Lord has spoken the word. Now that's, you know, you're saying, well, pastor, is that contextually this time? I can't say that it's absolutely this time. I won't go into all the prophetic suggestions, but I want you to know that this is a theme of Scripture. Have you noticed that it doesn't matter how much you have or where you live? Everybody is at the same mercy, it would seem, of an invisible enemy, this virus. So it doesn't matter how much you have or what your status is or what nation you live in, whether you're a politician or whether you're a a government leader, whether you're a soldier or whether you're a child, everyone seems to be in the same situation. In Haggai chapter 2, the the Lord says, fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Did you hear this? He starts with fear not. Uh, You would think he would start with be afraid, but he says, don't be afraid. Basically saying, I know what I'm doing. Yet once more in a while, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations So that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So you understand that we are the house of the Lord, right? Come on, the church, the body of Christ, we are the house of the Lord. He's saying to the church, don't you be afraid, but I want you to know that everything that can be shaken, I will I will shake it, but we're the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So fear not, but understand we are in a shaking time. In Hebrews 12, it speaks of this. Verse 26, he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
Let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Aren't you glad that you serve that God and that we will not be shaken? So when you see all these other things, this is a part of the promise of God that there will be a shaking going on. And again, this theme is the words of Christ in Matthew chapter 13. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin. And all who do evil, they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. Are you the righteous? Are you the body of the Lord Jesus? Have you been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus? Certainly we are close to this time currently we've been living in this time of grace Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost but he came to save us not to condemn us so now we are living in this time of grace so you're right there in your home welcome spirit of God come deal with my life by your grace but what I see happening in the world right now reminds me that Jesus has a way of bringing things home we're experiencing that. Jesus has a peaceful presence. But even though he has a peaceful presence and he is the author of peace, again, don't expect Jesus to make peace with our rebellion. Let's get back to our story as we're moving towards Thomas in this gathering. If you remember the resurrection, you find Jesus uh, raises from the dead. We find the women coming to the tomb. The angels tell Mary, go and tell the disciples that Jesus is risen. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Peter and John come. They don't see Jesus. They see the burial cloth laying there on the stone inside the tomb. They run back. They tell the other disciples. And then Mary, Mary Magdalene is outside the tomb. She's weeping. Jesus comes behind her and says, why are you weeping? She turns to Jesus and asked, asked about where the Lord might be. And Jesus reveals himself and says, Mary, it is I. She grabs a hold of the feet of the Lord. So now we have the testimony that's starting to take place. The next stop, Jesus goes and he meets his disciples, 10 of the disciples behind closed doors. Kind of interesting, isn't it? That there were 10 that Jesus met with. Jesus didn't go through the door. He appeared to them behind the closed doors and he breathed upon them and they worshiped him. Thomas was not there. And in John chapter 20, the Bible says, the other disciples told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, listen to this, Unless, look at these bold remarks, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, unless I put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. You see what Thomas is asking for? Anybody see what Thomas is saying? He says, I'm not going to believe it unless I literally put my fingers in the holes in the hands of Jesus. Unless I take my hand and put it where they pierced his sides. I sighed, I don't, I don't want to be confused. I want to know that I know that I know that it is Jesus. So here we are a week later. In John chapter 20, verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again. But this time, Thomas was with them. 
The doors were locked. But Jesus came and stood among them. And he said these words, peace be with you. Listen, sometimes when the Lord says peace, get this, he's about to make war. He's about to deal with what is going on in your life. I want you to have peace. I want to deal with what's truly happening in your life. Peace be with you. Then he looked at Thomas and he said, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Put your finger here. You can almost see Thomas go, what? Put my finger there? It's what you asked for, Thomas. Exactly what you wanted. A miracle. Here I am. Now reach out your hand and put it into my side. What? You want me to put my hand into the wound in your side? That's what you asked for. Stop doubting and believe. You hear this? That's what the Lord calls us to. Stop doubting and believe. You know, I've told you this about marriage before. I've told you about marriage covenant. Some people think love is a feeling, but love is a decision. Every day you make a decision. They're in your house right now. You're saying, I, I, I don't want to be married. I, I've, I've fallen out of love. Since when do you fall in and out of love? Love is a decision. You choose to love. And doubt, you might say, well, you know, I, I just doubt a lot of things. You have to choose to believe Jesus. And Thomas had already chosen. He'd make, made a choice. I just, I just can't believe it. Unless I get clear physical evidence, I'm not going to believe it. So Jesus says, put your hands here. Check out my wounds. See what's going on here. And that's really some of what's going on in your lives right now. You say, well, I don't feel Jesus in this place. Are you going through some stuff? Are you struggling with some doubt? Are you dealing with heavy fear right now? Look, like This is a reality check. Listen, Jesus has a place, a seat in our homes. And whether you know it or not, you're getting closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. We're not just seeing his wounds, but you're putting your hands into your own wounds. He sees your wounds and now he wants to show them to you. We're seeing the wounds of our marriages, the wounds of our own hearts, the wounds of our children, the fears, the vulnerabilities that we've always had. It's all coming alive and we're uncomfortable. We're dealing with that stuff that Jesus is showing us. He's revealing the truth, your heart, the truth of your home, the truth of your fears and your pains and your doubts, the truth. And he's saying, I'm here with you behind these closed doors and you can't ignore it. And I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. I'm going to shake this pain out of you. I'm going to shake this doubt out of you. I'm going to shake it until everything that can be shaken will be shaken. He wants to make you into the man or woman that you need to be. You're going to learn to pray. You're going to learn who Jesus really is. You're going to start hearing from God. You're going to recommit yourself to the Lord. Welcome. Come on, tell him. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome into this place. Welcome into this place. Some of you are thinking about things you've never done, and, and now you're beginning to do it, and, and, and you're going to, uh, uh, ministry's going to erupt. You're going to start talking to people online, perhaps, through Facebook or, 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 or emails or texts or phone calls. You're going to start talking to people. You're going to deal with things that you never dealt with. You're going to learn to forgive and release people that you've never, forg- never forgiven. 
But listen, that, that's not the whole story here because th- these are miracles that are going on. These are miracles. When I say welcome him, I want you to stop fighting him and experience miracles. Do you know that right now in homes all around the nation in the world, people are experiencing the miraculous power of God? And I'm hearing it. People are texting me. People are sending me messages of what he is doing in their homes and their families. He's bringing people together that have been separated, that should have never been separated. He's healing some of the things that you thought could never be healed. You might say, no, pastor, it's getting really bad right now. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it feels horrendous. Then you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And you begin to believe and you begin to respond Let's be honest. We don't like this time, but we've needed it. And I'm hearing that from so many people. I, you know, Joe you know, messaged us and put it on Facebook about him being set free from some enslavement that was going on in his life. I won't go into all the details, but you know, at the beginning of this thing, he was having to deal with it. But through the quarantine, he's had God just move greatly in his life. There are people that are being set free of stuff. And now Jesus has come behind your locked doors. The fact is that this church is made up of good people who are saved by grace but behind those closed doors outside of this church house you've dealt with anxiety and you're struggling and you're questioning and your faith is being challenged it's not his desire to keep you uncomfortable but it is his desire to heal you and to cleanse you and to set you free this is when Thomas makes this declaration. How many have ever heard of a prayer of salvation? Anybody prayed a prayer of salvation before? I mean, we have all kinds of prayers, don't we, when it comes to salvation? You know, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again and that you said at the right hand of the Father, and I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I choose you, Jesus. I confess you, Lord Jesus. Anybody been through that? Walked through some of that? I love the prayer of salvation. But sometimes we overcomplicate it because I think Thomas gets saved right here in John chapter 20, verse 28. This is what Thomas said to Jesus. My Lord and my God. (laughs) He, He knew that Jesus had died on the cross. He had seen that. And now he knew that he had rose in his heart. He believed that Jesus rose from the dead. And now he knew that he was the Lord and he was God. He knew that he served Jesus who had power over death. And he was now being transformed. And he stepped boldly into faith. This is a transformational visitation of the Lord Jesus. And it was uncomfortable, but it's Jesus And in his presence, he surrendered himself. Some of you are doing that right now. Just go ahead. Surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus right there. You you might say, what should you do? One old song says, I surrender all. Just surrender it all. You might say, but I need to change. He's going to change you. Just surrender your life to Jesus right now. Just like Thomas. I believe in you, Jesus. I surrender myself. You might say, but I, I didn't see his hands. I know, but you have the witness of the Holy Spirit who's drawing you there. This miracle for Thomas may not look exactly like your miracle, but Jesus told Thomas after he confessed him in verse 29, he told Thomas, he said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. 
So right now, I want you to just go ahead and put your faith in Jesus. Make this decision with me. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose again. I surrender my life over to the Lord Jesus. Just believe. Put your faith in him. Bear down. You'll grind this thing out. You might say, I I don't want to struggle anymore. Folks, there's going to be some struggle. Put your faith into him and then just lean into Christ. He's going to come. He's going to be close to you. And you're going to be better than you've ever been in your life. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. We receive you. Anybody receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now? Anybody accepting him? Anybody receiving Christ? I love you, Jesus. I'm so grateful for your presence. I'm so grateful that you're here with me. I'm so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you have loved me and that you are for me and you are not against me. I love you, Lord Jesus. Come. Go ahead and say it. Why don't you just post it? Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. I believe in you. I worship you. I receive you into my life. Watch him do miracles in your life. Some of you have been through some stuff. You've been through some pain. And you've had some doubts in your life. But today, put your whole faith, put your complete trust in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in you. I receive you now. Come close to me. I receive you now. Lord Jesus, embrace me now. You are my Lord. You are my God. I remember what you did. I remember. I remember, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, join with me as you're putting your faith in Jesus. Maybe grab some bread and something to drink. Just do that. Would you do that? If you have some communion juice and and bread there, go ahead and grab it. But if not, just something, something that we can sanctify. Just grab it right there and hold it in your hands. We sanctify these elements, this bread and this cup. And we say in the name of Jesus that we know that your body was broken. When we receive this bread today, we put our hands in the nail prints of Jesus. We put our hands in the wounded side of the Lord. Come on, we see it now. That broken body. That's what Jesus said on the night he was betrayed. He said, this bread is my body. I want you to touch it. My body, which is broken for you, take and eat it in remembrance of me. Receive the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then, Jesus, We look to the cross, we see the blood that was pouring down from his hands. Blood and water poured out of his side. The blood from his forehead, we see that, Lord Jesus. But your blood was the sacrifice, was poured out for our sins. It was the blood of the Lamb of God, the Paschal Lamb, who takes away all the sin of the world. We celebrate in this festival, Lord, this feast. We celebrate, Lord Jesus that our sins are no longer counted against us. We are considered once and for all justified, set free from sin. And we will not forget. Take the cup. And Jesus said, take this cup. This cup is my blood, which is poured out for you. Take and receive it in remembrance of me.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Would you shout out this now? Shout it. My Lord and my God. Shout it. My Lord and my God. Let all the doubt disappear. Choose faith in Christ. Choose faith. Thank you, Jesus. So many of you, and I just responding with you right now, so many of you shouting, Amen. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. Robin, Robin, I love your comment here. I'd rather sit in the pain of my healing than in the pain of my sin. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for coming and dealing with my sin. Come on in. Make me uncomfortable, Lord. You are my Lord and Savior. And Joe, I see you shouting, complete trust. You're putting your full trust in the Lord Jesus. You are my Lord. You are my God. Over and over, I see it. Over and over, people are declaring it. I surrender, Sister Joy. I surrender it all to you, Lord. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Savan, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you. So many people are watching and so many people are receiving the Lord right now. Just receive Christ. Declare it. I believe in Jesus. Please send me a note. Send me a note. Put put something right here on this Facebook feed or or if you're watching on YouTube, on the YouTube. Or or you can email me at pastor at come get free or connect at come get free or prayer at come get free.org. Let us know. We want to connect with you. I want to connect you with other people so that you can walk out your life in Jesus, and you can enjoy his powerful presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Sing, sing. We lift up your name, Jesus. Come on, everybody sing. Let's all worship him. Everybody worship him with me now. Come on, worship him with me. I worship you, Lord. I sing of your love. I want to tell the whole world of the greatness of you, of the greatness of you. Lord, I sing, I worship you, Jesus. So I sing, I believe in you, Jesus. Come on, say it. Shout it. I believe in you, Jesus. Some of you that are going through struggle, go ahead and shout it. I believe in you, Jesus. I trust you with my whole heart. Your plans are good for me. You'll make a way in the desert. You'll make a way in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We lift up your name, Jesus. I want you to continue to sing. I want you to continue to worship. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. I'm praying for you right now. We're having an altar service right there, right there on the web, right there online. We're praying for you. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, for healing us, for delivering us, for revealing yourself to us. Thank you. I bless you. I put my faith in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Continue to sing. Continue to worship. Continue to pray. Stay in connection with you. Went with me. I love you. Your church loves you. 
and family. Walk in victory. Peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, Jesus, we.